Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today's episode is a really fun one because we have a fellow product business coach and mentor on here and we just had the best conversation ever and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. (laughs) Um, Monica Little. So Monica is the owner of a multi-six-figure beauty brand called Shop Plant-Based Beauty. And she's also an e-commerce coach. So she helps high-achieving small business owners sell more online through Etsy, Fair, and Instagram. So she is a little whiz on Etsy. And she's sharing so many cool tips about Etsy today on this episode. And she helps people get on Fair. So selling through wholesale and so many other really cool things that we uh, dive into and that she helps people with. And on this episode, we definitely go on some tangents. I'm just going to be really honest here. We had a really awesome conversation. And what turned, what started off as a really, you know, conversation about Etsy, you know, we kind of veered off a little bit and we had some really fun inside looks at investing in your business, the power of investing in your business, the power of like, saying yes, putting the transaction down and watching the transformation happen in your business. And we definitely are throwing a little bit of of spice and sass at you. A lot of me because I was feeling very sassy that day that we recorded the episode. But it's such a good conversation. And um, she's definitely my kind of girl. And um, I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So grab a coffee, grab some champagne and dive into this episode with Monica Little. Welcome to the podcast, Monica. I'm so happy to have you on here finally. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Yay. Um, So before we dive into a lot of cool things, do you want to just introduce yourself and just tell everyone, I know you have multiple businesses, so just tell everyone like a little bit about you and maybe throw in like some interesting weird fact about yourself. Okay, awesome. So a little bit about me. My name is Monica Little, and I own a small business called Plant-Based Beauty. It's an organic skincare small business. Started this small business about three years ago, left my full-time job, grew it to multiple six figures. And in the last year, I've really been taking kind of that knowledge, all the challenges, the struggles, the hurdles, everything that I learned from growing my own business to help coach other handmade product-based business owners. So I really focus on helping other people sell on Etsy, sell on Fair still on Instagram to really work through all those other channels and platforms and get their products in front of more people. So 
that's the like 30 second rundown of of who I am and what I do. Um, a weird fact. So this is something that I shared last week with someone. So it's kind of top of mind. Um, I got certified in scuba diving, but then went to the Maldives and went scuba diving and had like the scariest experience ever. So I'm like one and done, never doing that again. Because <laughs> it's a lot scarier when you get like certified in a man-made lake. Versus actually going into the ocean and being 60 feet deep. So that's like my one weird fact. I like to think I'm braver than maybe I actually am is what it comes down to. Oh, my God. Okay, now I have to ask you about the Maldives because I'm dying to go there. Um, What was the was it like an experience with a shark or was it just like like breathing and then you freak out and then you're not supposed to like because my dad scuba dived my whole life. So we grew up having a boat. So like. I know some of the scuba diving stories. It's never something I've been interested in because I basically am petrified of open water and sharks and like any sea creature that is not like a seal or a sea otter or like one of those, <laughs> like the cool Alaska animal or mammals. I think they're mammals. Um. Anyway, tell me I'm literally rambling today. Today is like my oh, okay. mega rambling day. <laughs> well, a little bit about the experience. It's the second thing that you said. It's more of like when you get in open water and you are that deep, you have to really keep yourself down that deep because if you start to shoot up like and go all the way up, that could be really bad for your organs and things like that. So while I was just in the water, I started to panic a little bit and my body naturally was like floating to the point that the instructor had to like pull me down. So I just started to like panic, like I'm going to float all the way up, even though I don't think that's actually possible with like all the gear and, you know, the devices and the air in your backpack or whatever you got going on. But it was just a little scary. You know, I was very confident in the man-made lake during the certification, put me in the ocean. I freaked out a little bit. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a little bit more intimidating in real water. So I'm like, okay, that was my one brave experience. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to skydive. I'm not going to do anything like that. Um, I kind of had my, my fun and, and closing that chapter of crazy bravery that I really don't have inside me. <laughs> in that way so do you think you would never do scuba diving again oh my gosh I definitely would not no I went the next day the instructor actually told me because I was kind of freaking out afterwards he's like you know what make sure you go the next day because what happens is a lot of people get in their head and if they don't go now they never will go again so I did go two more times on that trip which I'm glad I did and they were less scary experiences nothing bad happened no panic or anything but looking back yeah I mean I feel like as I get older I'm just like less into doing scary things I always thought I would go like skydiving and do all this fun stuff and now I'm like once you're I don't know 31 years old I'm like I'll just go to sleep at 8 p.m and have a peaceful night instead of doing crazy stuff like that oh my god I love it when had like, had you done scuba diving, you said in a man-made lake, like, had you done it before or you got certified there or was it like, did you always dream of doing scuba diving? I'm so curious. I got certified in a man-made lake. So it's like super simple, you know, it's barely deep. It's not the ocean. You don't get the full experience. I'm actually surprised that they certify people that way because it's definitely not really setting you up for success. But I think I also went from like zero to 100 by getting certified in a man-made lake to like going to the Maldives, right? Maybe I should have done like a lake excursion or something first. So uh, maybe not the best path. But yeah, just certification in a man-made lake. Super simple. Hmm, that's so interesting. And how, how is the Maldives? Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I loved it. 
If you like tropical relaxation and beautiful beaches, um, and they do have a ton of really nice coral reef that you can just do snorkeling. So snorkeling, I like that. You know, keep me keep me on top of the water and just let me look around. Um, so beautiful <laughs> coral reefs that you can snorkel around and fish and animals and all that fun stuff. So the trip, all in all, was so much fun. Um, it was just that one kind of crazy experience that happened. Oh my god, that's really scary. Well, I give you credit. I don't. I I would never. I I. There's a lot of things I can do and there's a lot of things that like I just I know that I can't and scuba diving would be one of them. I do not like the open water. Um, I have been afraid of it forever. And when I was in my early 20s, I went to Australia for um, four months, four or five months. I got a I don't know, some kind of a visa. I, I don't even know why I'm trying to tell you about the damn visa. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> I'm like giving way too much context. Um, we went up to the um, Great Barrier Reef in Queensland and we like, I was like, okay, I'm in Australia. Like, I feel like I need to do the Great Barrier Reef. And it was like the most terrifying moment of my entire And what was that, snorkeling or scuba or just swimming? It was snorkeling. But just being like, just being like jumping off a boat in the open water, I like, I can't. I can't. I like, I'm terrified of sharks. I'm terrified of like, and obviously there's no crocodiles in the middle of the ocean, but like they're in Queensland, there are saltwater crocodiles, which is terrifying. Like, imagine swimming at a beach and there's a goddamn crocodile. I oh can't. I can't. I can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the open water, I don't like. So it, like, it was, for me, terrifying. And I have a picture of me, like, on one of those little, um, like, noodle things. Um, and then we, me and my husband, and this was, like, when I was younger, but then me and my husband and my son went to Hawaii, um, not this past summer, but the summer before. And we went on a snorkeling trip like off of a boat. And it, it was like that was the first time since then that I had been in the ocean. Like I literally do not go in the water. And yeah. it was I was terrified because this time we're in Hawaii now. And like in that area is like shark central. And like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I was I, like had a panic attack. But I didn't oh, get bitten by a shark. And it was actually it was really nice. But it was like terrifying. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. Well, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you now. So, like, we'll hang out on the beach. We'll have, you know, some nice cocktails hanging out on a beach yes. towel. I'm not getting in the water either. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. All right. I'll have to chat with you about this on Instagram because I am I feel like I want to hear more of your, like, water stories. But, yeah, the open water is – I don't like it. Yep. Okay. Well, that's an interesting fact. Um, yeah. I think scuba diving – and if you do like scuba diving, I think it's, like, such a – that must be such a cool hobby to have, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't make you panic, like, yeah, it's so cool. But dang, it's just it's just crazy when you're actually under the water. And some people probably are like, oh, my gosh, it's no big deal. And they are just natural born like swimmers and ocean people. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if it, if it is your jam, like that's such an awesome hobby. I wish it was my jam. Like, I wish I could be like the scuba diver and go a couple times a year. But that didn't yeah. pan out for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, I love here. I just I feel like today I recorded an episode earlier and I asked her like, tell me something weird about yourself because I never do that. And I was like, I feel like I want to keep I like this tradition because yeah. I always think it's fun to find something find out something find find out something about someone that is like kind of weird or quirky or something. So I love it. Okay, cool. So I feel like I want to also dive into your business. Tell me, tell us how, like, 
what's the history of the the beauty business? Because I'm definitely a huge skincare. I love like serums and oils and I wash my face with all the Korean products because Korean products are freaking amazing. But like what made you start a skincare brand? Yeah, like let's hear about that. I'm curious. Well, really, it started as a hobby. So when I was working full time, I was very much into health and wellness. So I'm a big fan of exercising regularly. I'm a big fan of eating healthy. I'm a big fan of making sure you're not stressed out, managing like your mindset and things like that. And I started to just take health and wellness to another level, uh, mostly because when I was younger, when I was in high school, my mom was in her late 30s, early 40s-ish. She had cancer. So she had breast cancer and then she got surgery and radiation and all of that. And then a few years later, she had thyroid cancer. So two completely unrelated cancers, which happens to like one in millions of people, right? A lot of times if people have two types of cancer, it's because it's spread. So she had two totally unrelated types of cancer and thankfully survive both of them. But as I started to get older, I mean, that's been something that's been on my mind, right? Like I need to make sure with these super genetic cancer that's in my family that I'm taking care of myself to the best as possible. So I'm not putting myself in that type of situation, especially after seeing, you know, what she went through and how hard it was for my family. So I've always been into health and wellness, but I kind of took it a step further when I was just reading, you know, what else can I do to keep feeling better? Because I feel great from working out. I feel great from eating healthy. I feel great from meditating. And I started to dive into the chemicals and products. And that's like the chemicals in your laundry detergent, in your dish detergent, in your household cleaner, in your makeup, in your skincare, everything. And I started to slowly phase things out in our home. And then I started to just experiment with natural skincare. And it really was just a hobby and a passion that I started to share on social media. I put it up on Etsy. I started to get people asking about it, wanting to buy it. And before I knew it, it was a business that kind of came out of nowhere. So it truly was just me having a passion and going all in. And then before I knew it, it was like, all right, this is actually onto something. So I started to put more time and energy into it. And then it kind of blew up and grew to... um, where it's at now. So it's it's fun to like look back because I don't really talk about how it started very often. But but yeah, it's been an awesome journey over the last few years to get it to where it's at now. That's amazing. I love that. And I'm glad that your mom is 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 okay. That's good. Um I was like, oh my God, please don't say anything bad. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I know. I'm gonna start crying. crying. I already cried in the first episode of recording today. She was talking about her dog passing away. And I like I can't. If someone talks about a dog, I like will just start crying. So um yeah, that's good. Um about your mom. And um yeah, I love that. I love like people's beginnings. I love like why did you start it? Because everyone has a cool story, and oftentimes we don't share the cool stories because we think, oh, no one cares. No, no one cares about my story. Everyone thinks it's boring, but like they don't. People love to know your why, the beginning, early days. And I, in particular, am always curious of people's early days, like, you know, how they, and we're, you know, we're not going to talk about too much of that, but I do, you know, I think it's super interesting to share. Um, but like, you know, the early days of like, you know, just getting started versus like where you are today, like, there's so many stepping stones. There's so many like connect the dots and people often are just like, oh, well, you know, Monica's um, business, you know, she's making multi six figures and it's all because of like Instagram or Etsy or whatever. But like, in fact, you probably have done like 700 million different things to like, oh, yeah. you know, grow your 100%. business. And, um, and 
And that's really what it takes, right? Like you have to have your products in front of as many people as possible. So it's not just focusing on one platform. It's truly like mastering every single platform to have it work its magic for you to get you in front of more people. So 100%, I think how you explain that is spot on that it's not just like the one magic secret ingredient. It's it's a lot of hard work and it's optimizing your products in the right places. And then it slowly starts to come all together as you keep putting yourself out there. Absolutely. I love that. And for your business, I know that we're going to talk about um, about Etsy, which I really like Etsy. Um, how like where did you find just coming off of what we just talked about? Like, oh, there's no one thing. But like, where did you I'm going to assume it's probably Etsy. But like, where did you find your sweet spot? You and you and you make the products, right? You're not like having someone else manufacture them or anything. Are you making them? Correct. Yep. Yeah, okay. I make them myself. Yep. OK. Did and you still do that? You still do that today? Yeah, I do have people who help me out um, in terms of like actually making the products, but it's not a manufacturing facility that does it or outsource at all. It's, it's truly like in-house that, that we make and pack and ship everything. Oh, I need to check it out because I like I love skincare stuff. So I'll have to get something from you. Yeah. Like where was like the sweet spot? You get started. You're probably trying all these different things. Where did you find like here are my people? Here's where I'm getting traction. Let me double down. Let's hear a little yeah, bit about so- that. So where I first started, it was definitely Etsy and Instagram. So Etsy, when I first started my business, I just put my products on there just because it was kind of an easy entry of where to put your products. It doesn't cost a lot. So Mm -hmm. I put my products on there while I was actively talking about it on Instagram. And I started to get people from my Instagram to go to Etsy to purchase. And then that really helps the Etsy algorithm too when it's noticing like, hey, people are coming to this Etsy site and they're actually buying. So let's continue to show it to more people and more people and more people. So it truly was really having an audience on Instagram, which I had a big audience at that point because I was sharing a lot of like the health and wellness stuff that I was learning. So Mm. I was very active in terms of sharing recipes and sharing healthy habits and stuff like that. So when I started to share about plant-based beauty, people were already like aligned with that message and aligned with the values. So Instagram paired with Etsy, those are the two places where I started with plant-based beauty. Then I kind of went down the market hamster wheel, which when I was living in Chicago, like all small businesses do markets every single weekend, all year long. I tried that out. I burned myself out and I'm like, okay, there's got to be a better way because this is not sustainable to be working every single weekend. And then I really started to focus focus on fair and website and Pinterest and all those other components to really fill in the gaps of the puzzle and also to bring in more passive income because I'm not someone who wants to be at a market every single weekend, all Mm -hmm. Christmas long, all holiday season long, all summer long. So that really has been the evolution. And now plant-based beauty is basically entirely passive income for me as I focus more on coaching. So it's built in those different places and I just have the orders coming in. I have people who help pack and ship. Um, and I just have it kind of running on the back burner from spending the last three years, like getting it to this spot to where it's at now. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like I have so many questions to unpack. Um, but that's amazing. And I love that, you know, and I want to just like hone in on an important thing that you said was that you're, you didn't just launch your business and now it's like, oh, it's totally passive. I'm making six figures in my sleep, like, you know, what, like the bro marketer is trying to kind of like sell us their programs. You just said like, you know, I put in three years of work and now I can kind of like outsource 
some of the making of it. I can outsource some of the things. You've put in the work to set up the system, so you are getting the automation. So I think that's a really important point here because um, I know a lot of people uh, may be listening or like they're early on in their business and they're just like, well, Susan from YouTube told me that, you know, I'd be making <laughs> – I feel like I'm like very spicy today. I <laughs> I was – I was – I feel like I have this weird issue with people on YouTube and because I constantly – whenever I use examples, I'm like Susan from YouTube or like the bro <laughs> marketer from YouTube with like the rented Ferrari – is telling you like how easy it is. But in fact, like you have to put in the damn work. And I love that you made that very clear because I think people oftentimes want like the quick, you know, like I want to start the business today. And I'm like, oh, well, I posted, I posted one reel and I didn't get any orders. Oh, Instagram sucks. Instagram isn't for me. The algorithm doesn't like me. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going on major tangents today. (laughs) No, but I like I think that's spot on. That is so perfectly said. I just put something on Instagram yesterday along the lines of if you're expecting instant results, that's probably why you're not getting any results. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of like the day one mentality of every single day I show up like it's day one. I don't show up like I have everything figured out and I'm entitled to have orders. I show up every day like ready to work, ready to put in the hours, ready to try something new, ready to do something outside of my comfort zone. And I think truly that is like the mentality we have to have as small business owners because it's not necessarily the easiest thing. I mean, it can be easier and simpler if you have like people around you, a support network, a coach, a community, whatever that may be. But running a small business is probably one of the hardest things out there, which is why a lot of people don't do it. It's much easier to get a job and work for someone else, right? So I think the fact um, of what you just said, like, yeah, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes going out of your comfort zone. But that's truly where you start to grow and become a better business owner and a better leader. And you learn these skills that maybe you weren't great at before. And you kind of surprise yourself with all the new things that you do when you learn and and you put into practice. So it is challenging and it takes time but I just I think it's so fun like I love problem solving I love having a challenge and being like all right let's figure this shit out and see what we can do to fix this that's like my favorite thing to do which might be a little weird maybe that should be my weird fact that I share (laughs) at the beginning but but I love like problem solving like give me a good problem and let's work through it I love that too I feel like we we're I feel like we're very similar because like a lot of the stuff that you're saying I'm like Yep, 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 yep. Um, and I love I'm definitely a problem solver. One of my favorite things is someone just here's my business, like, and I don't you I, I'm gonna assume you're probably the same. Like, here's my business, here's all my analytics, my Google analytics, and go through my Shopify store and my email automations. Like, what am I missing? What am I not doing? What's not working here? And not only what's not working, like what what's the solution? Like what are the business blind spots that you notice that I'm not noticing? That's like literally one of my most favorite things in the whole world to do. Like, give me your analytics and I will just be a happy person. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's talk about Etsy. So I, I do want to hear more about your business. Um, when, and when did you – like, when did you transition into your the coaching side of your business too? I think you said maybe last year, but – 
just yeah. curious about that too. In the last year. Yep. So how that happened too, this is another super interesting story. Um, last year, I actually co-owned three retail stores when I was living in Chicago with a business partner. And wow. we had over a hundred local Chicago handmade small businesses selling their items in our stores. And during that time, my friend and I, we started that because of COVID. All the markets were shut down. Like I was saying, like all the small businesses in Chicago do markets, but they were all shut down because of COVID. So maybe this was like two years ago. I don't know the timing, but um, we had three retail stores. We had over a hundred small businesses in our stores. And I kept hearing from people what they were struggling with and what their problems were and where they were trying to grow and where they weren't getting traction. And they felt like they were throwing spaghetti at the wall and nothing was working. And it's so interesting. And I think you can probably relate based on what you just said. Like, I love the business side of business. Like, I love the numbers and I love the problem solving and all that stuff. And most people are very much more on the creative side. Like, they love actually making their product, their jewelry, their ceramics, their candles. So I was like, oh, the business side, I actually enjoy that. And I think that's kind of what helped me with plant-based beauty. I went to school for business. I worked in corporate offices and different business functions. Um, So why don't I kind of take what I love to do and where people are telling me that they're struggling and try to bridge that gap and, and give them a solution. So that's really where I started coaching just to help people more on like how to optimize Etsy, how to optimize FAIR, like the strategy behind it, the things to do to simplify and kind of demystify some of these platforms. Because I think a lot of times people put their stuff on Etsy and then they don't get traction and they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like I read all these blogs, I tried all these things. So I really like to just pack things in a way that's like, all right, here's what you got to do. Here's how you can fix it. And then seeing people actually get results from it. So that's been, yeah, in the last year I started doing more coaching, which has been, I truly think for me, my like passion and purpose and that plant-based beauty was kind of a stepping stone to there Mm -hmm. um, because it's been really fun. I know as you can relate, just helping people and giving them guidance and seeing how what you share with them helps them to like show up in different ways and see different results and take that vacation to Mexico they've been wanting to take or whatever it is that they're working towards. Oh, I love that. And I totally agree with you. And I like I literally always say that my first business was it was the the starter. Like it was never meant I was never meant to like finish that. I mean, I sold the business, but yeah, my what I'm like, what lights me up is like the coaching and mentoring and like, you know, because when I started my business, I didn't have I didn't have anyone that helped me. I had to figure every single thing out. Um, and like I wasted a lot of money, wasted a ton of time. I had to piece p- piece different things together, make mistakes. And it was like I knew like before I sold my business um, and I literally had this conversation with someone last night because people always ask me like, why did you sell? Like how, what was the process? What did it look like? Why did you sell? And I have a lot of reasons, but I like I could literally see this like it sounds weird, but like um, I'm I'm someone who like I get lots of visions about things. I'm very intuitive. Um, I'm a projector, human design, so like I can just I really truly can like see things about people that they can't see, and I, that's just how I am. It sounds really like kooky, but I could like see myself already um, helping people start. So right now I help more people grow their business. But in fact, like um, I actually, to be honest, like prefer, um, like better helping people start a business. Like uh, there's nothing that lights me up than working with someone to help them start a new business. Like I just love it so much. 
Um, and I'm actually going to be starting like a new stream of my coaching business where I help people like start and launch. That's a side tangent mm-hmm. here as usual. Um <laughs> But mm-hmm. but I could like see myself creating um, like a course and helping people start, um, you know, a new business and stuff. So like I feel like I'm rambling really badly today. But um, yeah, so that's kind of like one of those things where the, that business was a stepping stone. And it tr- I truly like I have no regrets about selling. And I think anyone who has a product based business, you know, selling your business is a great thing to always consider, you know, exiting. But um, but yeah, like the mentoring part is so rewarding. Like you can make so much impact and I absolutely love it. So anyway, I agree yeah. with you. But I love how you said you're a projector because my husband's a projector and that's like consultant is what projectors are good at. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that because that's like spot on with being a coach, being a projector is you can consult people, share with them what to do. I always go to my husband for advice. He's like the best person to like bounce ideas off of and get advice if I'm stuck in something. So I love how that really aligns. That's awesome. Nice. I love that. What what Which design are you? I'm a generator. Okay. I don't know a lot about – I feel like I always was like, I'm definitely a manifesting generator. And then when I found out I was a projector, I was like, no, that's wrong. I'm definitely not a projector. (laughs) Then once I learned about – Oh, my God. Like 100%. But it took me a long time to like accept that I was not a manifesting generator. (laughs) But like what's – but I feel like I don't know anything about a generator. I'm assuming it's similar to manifesting generator. So they are kind of similar. Um, Generator, it's basically you create energy. So you should just be doing what lights you up and you can work all day if it lights you up. But if you're doing what doesn't light you up, you'll get burnt out. You'll start to feel resistance. But when you're truly doing what you're meant to do, then it's like doors open. You have energy. You could work all day. You're excited. You're lit up. So I think with a manifesting generator, they're, they're pretty aligned. It's just manifesting generator likes that, but like a million projects at once and just do whatever you're drawn to while a generator, it's more like you have that energy but it's definitely meant towards one or maybe two projects at a time instead of like 500 of them at a time. Gotcha. I love it. And do you feel like it? you resonate with that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think human design, like I love all that stuff, human design, astrology, because it truly lets you know how to like work better and communicate better and work with others, like knowing that you're a projector or knowing that my husband's a projector or my business partner for the stores that I own, she was a manifesting generator. So you know how to work with people better. You know how to work with yourself better. So all that stuff, like I love all all the things, all the personal development and anything that aligns with that. Me too. I've only recently started kind of getting into it. I was always like into the Enneagram stuff, but the human design mm-hmm. is more more in the last six months. Um, and yeah, it's like it's very it's it's funny. But I also feel like too it what it what it made me realize is like it, it helps you like to demystify like your own behaviors because sometimes like for me if I'm like oh, I have like six one on one calls this week and I'm, I'm so my energy is just my energy is done and like learning more about human design and like for my human design and definitely at least my personality in general, like I have to really work around energy levels. And anyway, I, I'm completely going on a tangent here, but um, but yeah, human design is super interesting. And um, yeah, I recommend to anyone listening, if you haven't done your human design, 
definitely do it. Do the Enneagram stuff. It's so interesting to kind of learn a little bit more about like how you can work better in your business, how you can create a business like that suits your personality. And everything I do now is like what suits my personality, what suits my energy levels. If I don't like it, then it's I'm not doing it. I refuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's the okay. way to do it, though. You know, you got to enjoy what you do and then get help for for what you don't like. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Etsy. I feel like I'm literally you can tell I haven't not slept much because I'm my brain is like like going in 20 different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so you had you had good success on Etsy or you have because you still have your business. Just tell me about Etsy, like, because I sell digital products in Etsy, and I'm a huge fan. I think of my Etsy shop as, like, my little coffee money. I do run ads on Etsy. I actually don't make much profit, but I I view Etsy as just kind of, like, I don't know. It's just fun, and I'm like, whatever. If I make 20 bucks, whatever. It's, like, my coffee money. Tell me about Etsy. Like, why do product businesses need Etsy? Yeah. Let's let's yeah. share some things. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so I'm a big, huge fan of Etsy. And really, it comes down to using it as a tool to get in front of more people. Because I know a lot of small business owners, this is something that I struggled with too, is you have your Instagram, but there's a thousand followers, maybe 2000 followers. And the amount of people that actually see your posts, see your stories is a fraction of that, right? And then you have your email list, which is great if you have an email list, but there's also how do you get people onto your email list, which is an important part of running a business, but it's also work to do that. And then how many people actually open and read your emails too, right? So there's all of these things that we do as small business owners where we're actively trying to get customers to our website, to get customers on our Instagram, to get customers to find out about us. And they're all important. I'm not saying it's not important, right? We need email. We need Instagram presence. Those are things that we need. But I'm also a big fan of putting your products on the platforms where people are actually shopping. So when you think about Etsy, it's literally the place where people go to shop for unique products from small businesses. There's Mm -hmm. only small businesses on Etsy. It's usually really unique stuff, stuff you can't find on Amazon, stuff you can't find in big box stores. So if you think about the average customer... If they're not following a ton of small businesses on Instagram, which a lot of people sometimes don't, right? They are going literally to Etsy to buy a gift for their nephew's birthday, to buy an engagement gift for their friend, to buy something for their parents' anniversary, or just to like buy something for themselves that has heart and soul of a small business owner behind it. So I have a very, I think, relatively unique view on Etsy because although I started on Etsy and a lot of people start on Etsy because it's pretty inexpensive, it's easy to get your listings up. I'm a big fan of no matter where you are in your business, if you're starting off or if you're established, you should still have your products on Etsy because Etsy has about 80 million people who shop on Etsy on an annual basis. So if you don't have 80 million followers or 80 million people on your email list, you should be doing whatever you can to get in front of a fraction of those 80 million people on Etsy. So this is something um, that I work with a lot of people on. Like I have some of my clients who have their own website, like super beautiful branding, super sophisticated, and they've never sold on Etsy. And I'm like, all right, let's tap into that because your Instagram, your email, your products should have your direct website. But for the people who don't know about you, let's get in front of them and get some additional sales that way. So it's a little bit of a different 
I think, perspective. Because I know a lot of people don't like Etsy. There's a lot of heat Mm -hmm. around Etsy, but it's truly using it as another marketing platform to just get in front of as many people as possible, which is the name of the game as a product-based business owner. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. that. And And I agree. agree, Definitely agree with everything you say. I'm definitely like, I don't consider myself an Etsy expert at any capacity. Like, like I said, I sell digital products. So I definitely like, I'm familiar with the platform. And I just like, for me, I think Etsy is amazing. And I, I can't quite put my finger on why there's so much hate around Etsy. So I'm glad that you were like, oh, I have a unique perspective because, and you nailed it right there when you said that Etsy was Etsy is a place where people can discover you. It's not always about like if you have a great website, but if you're not driving active traffic, it's all about traffic. It's all about how people discover you. That's marketing. And what I what I see from a lot of like people in my programs and stuff is like they have an Etsy store and they're not getting any sales. They are also not getting sales in their website, <laughs> which is a different problem. Because they don't, they're, they're Etsy listing. They're not, they don't, they don't like get that Etsy is a marketplace. So just like Amazon, what happens? You go to Amazon, you type into Amazon, like, what do I have in my desk? Like natural lip balm or podcast mic or stainless steel water bottle. You're not searching necessarily for like branded things. You're searching for a product. And then Amazon is like, here's all the crap. Here's all the listings. And whoever is either paying for ads or has the right keywords in their listing is going to be shown first, you know, and that's kind of like how Etsy is. So you have to optimize your listings. You have to like understand keywords and you have to like kind of play the Etsy game just like with Amazon. So I love that you said like, look, Etsy is a tool for people to discover you. And if you don't have 80 million followers, then you're missing an opportunity. So I completely agree with you. I love that you said that because what I also what I see people focusing on is like, um, oh, well, Etsy increased their fees. So mm-hmm. I'm not going I, to, I, and I, and I see this with everything. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign up for Shopify. They have, their fees are too high. I'm like, what, like you have to fucking sell your shit somewhere. Like, yeah. do you think it's going to be free? It's not yeah. free anywhere. Um, anyway, that's like a side note, but I do see people complaining. Uh, sorry, that's my dog. I see people complaining about Etsy all the time. Like, oh, Etsy, their fees. Etsy's terrible. Etsy's taking all my fees. Well, you can increase your product price. That's If you're so worried about like the $2 that Etsy's taking, then your product pricing probably is not high enough, first off. Mm -hmm. Um, But Etsy is giving you customers. Like Etsy is the one that's doing all the damn work here, you know? Um, 100%. They're they're laying it out for you. You're just not doing a good job of optimizing your stuff. So anyway... But like, that's exactly how I look at the fees too. Like I'm, I look at the fees as I'm paying Etsy for their marketing work. I am partnering with Etsy. Etsy is actually working for me, right? Like how empowering is it to look at Etsy in that point of view? Like, yeah, I'm paying them because they're working for me, bringing customers to my Etsy shop so more people can discover me and then they can fall in love with my product and come back over and over and over again. And truly the Etsy fee, the other thing that I like about it, it's only if you sell a product, are you charged a fee? So it's not like a monthly fee that you have to pay regardless if you sell anything or not. You know, you can do consignment um, or not consignment, but you can be in some stores 
where, especially in Chicago, with what I'm familiar with, they'll they'll charge you 100 bucks a month just to sell your products in their store, and then they take a commission. And if your products don't sell, you're still paying that $100 a month just to be in their store. But when you think about Etsy, you're only paying that fee if something sells. Etsy's literally doing all the work for you. They spend millions of dollars on TV commercials to get people onto the platform. They run Facebook ads. They are just literally working for you. So I like to shift everyone's perspective whenever I talk to them about Etsy in terms of like a more empowering way to say, yeah, I'm partnering with Etsy. They're working for me. They're bringing the customers to me. So then when they charge a fee, it's not like they're taking my hard-earned money. You know, it's 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 definitely a different point of view to make it easier to swallow like the funds that they do take, which like you said, is is truly, truly not a lot in the grand scheme of things. No. And then I also think of that, too, because it's the same thing like when I had um, so I had a subscription box business and then I also had like an e-commerce store where I sold like I manufactured dog bandanas and I sold like toys and things like that. Um, and I sold on a marketplace. It was called Crate Joy and it was actually mm. not great. The worst customers ever, <laughs> basically, um, kind of like the Amazon customers of subscription box marketplaces um, because like there's no brand loyalty so if they don't like something they just write a nasty review just like people do on amazon um but they would take i think it was like 30 not 30 percent i forget how much percentage they took but it was you know definitely kind of a lot but i always viewed it as like look this is it's a customer acquisition it's a customer acquisition cost and what you hope for is that okay someone discovers you on etsy you pay the little fee and then they're like, oh, let me go follow you on social media. Let me follow you on TikTok or Instagram. Then now they're more they're seeing your stuff and they're more likely to click on your web. I mean, hopefully they'll buy something directly from you the next time so that that Etsy fee, like in my opinion, like who cares if they charge you? That's a customer acquisition cost that you have to pay to get a customer, you know, but next time, hopefully they buy directly from you and there isn't a customer acquisition cost, you know? So I feel like sometimes with these marketplaces and places, like it's easy for people to just be like, oh, I I don't want to pay any fees, but it's like, you have to pay, you have to pay somewhere. It's not free. So I get a little bit like, I get a little bit frustrated sometimes with people because they're like, no, I I don't want to pay the 20 cents. I'm like, Yeah, I mean, but the Whatever. truth is, you got you got to pay to play, right? I mean, and yeah. that's across anything, you got to pay to play. Um, yeah. But I like to really focus. You know, a lot of people do come from a scarcity, more of a scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, this is costing me money. But if you really flip it and say, instead of this is costing me money, you're also making money from the new customers that are buying from you. It's just looking at it in a completely different way, then it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, the fee isn't too bad. It's really getting more people to me. Now they're following me on social. Exactly like you said, now they're buying from me directly. So it's a small price to pay. But no matter what you do as a product-based business owner, there's going to be something like that that comes up. Even on your own website, there's still the monthly or annual hosting fees, right? If you participate in a market, you're paying money. If you are selling in stores, they're taking commission. If you're on fair, they're taking commission too. So it's just, you got to pay to play. Um, and 
really looking at it from like a positive point of view can truly help. So we're not, you know, like as a small business owner, we can focus on, oh my gosh, all the fees, all the expenses, all the things I have to pay for, or you can truly focus on, okay, this is going to help me grow and expand and get in front of more people. Like I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'm here for all of it. Um, And really coming at it from that point of view to see it in a good light instead of seeing it in that negative light, which so many people do have specifically on Etsy. Yeah, I remember when they raised the the fees. I was it like in April. I I did a podcast episode right after because I saw so many people complaining, and I was like, "All right, let's let's have a conversation." Because I get like I get very spicy around that kind of stuff. Because I'm just like, I just feel like when you complain about small fees, you're you're not thinking like you're not thinking big picture. It's like super, you're thinking super small. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've, trust me with my first, when I had my product-based business, um, I'm very open about all the mistakes that I made. And that's why I do just like, you know, you do what you do, like to help people not make the same mistakes that we probably made. And I made a lot of mistakes, but like, you have to also think bigger, you know, if your business isn't growing, you're not making any money. Well, one, increase your price because it's probably too low. Um, and two, like, just get, let's get beyond the fees and just say, okay, it's a customer acquisition cost. I'm able to like list a product on this really cool platform. People can discover me like, and just like you said, like think of the positives. Um, and I agree with that. So yeah, I did, I did do a podcast episode. I think it was like in April or May. I think I was in India actually when I like recorded it, um, about like people complaining about the Etsy fees. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get any did you get any kickbacks for that? I sent out like a spicy email when that happened and I actually got someone who was really angry when I sent really? that and I'm like, oh well, yeah. Some people, you know, Trigger. and I get it, you know. I, I I truly do get it because as a small business owner, like we have a lot that is tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some of it is just the name of the game. But did you get any people who are not I think so? Yeah. Well, that's good. Good. I on and I also feel like people anyone who listens to me, like I'm definitely your biggest cheerle- cheerleader. I can't literally talk today. I, I am your biggest cheerleader. Like I am rooting for you. I'm constantly on my social media promoting other um, brands. Like these are people that like, I love these people and these people and these are products that I love. So I really do support you, but I'm also the first person who is going to be like, grow up, stop complaining about the 20 cents, sign up for the affiliate program. Like tough love a hundred percent like I'm very honest I'm super straightforward and I have offended people a hundred percent and and it I feel bad about that because I truly am like everything that I do and every spicy thing that I say or rude email that I sent out like <laughs> it's truly just to help you because yeah. I think oftentimes um like I needed the kick in the ass four year, five years ago when I had my business like I I needed someone to to be like, dude, get your head out of your ass, sign up for the affiliate program, stop being scared to spend $100 on something. Like I needed that. And I didn't have that. I didn't have mentors, coaches. I like, I don't know if it just didn't exist. I'm sure it did. I just didn't know where to look. And so sometimes I feel like the reason I'm very honest and blunt and like tough love is because um, people need it, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that does not I know like a lot of people are sensitive and I'm sensitive too in my own way. But like, I remember when I first launched my, before I launched my business, this is like an example of something that's like stuck with me forever. Um, 
I was building up my first like pre like pre-launch landing page. So I had like I was had a picture of my dog. I took my dog out into this grassy area in California and like put a bow tie on her and like took <laughs> they were hideous, hideous. Um <laughs> took pictures of her and I was going to use that as my landing page. Like, you know, join our email list. We're launching soon. Join our email list and get 10% or whatever it was. And I put together this landing page. And I was pretty much like the only Facebook group that I have ever been in. It was not for product-based people. It was just for like entrepreneurs. And I'm very – like I hate Facebook groups. And I talk about them all the time about how terrible they are because people give you terrible, (laughs) terrible, unwarranted advice. But I posted a picture of my landing page. And I was like, all right, like, you know – we're launching. I would love to get anyone's feedback. And like, oh boy, this guy who was the like group, you know, founder, and he's like super successful. He is very well known. And he basically said like, the only person who is going to literally buy from you is like your mom. This is like, this is is shit. This is, this is shit. And I'm pretty sure I cried. And then maybe to, you know, got my big girl pants on. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Like he was, he's right. It was shit. And it was terrible. And that stuck with me. This was, you know, I launched my business almost seven years ago. That one moment has stuck, stuck in my head, like as if it happened an hour ago, because that one moment I feel like was super pivotal for me because it, it, it was the advice that I needed that no one else would tell me. And I feel like that's kind of how I am now. Like, if I think your website's terrible, I will tell you. But I also like, I'm not just going to tell you your website's terrible. I'm going to I'm going to fix it for you. Like, let's fix it. Let's get to work. So I will tell you the tough love, but I'll also be there to help you and like hold your hand and cheer you on. And like, like I literally am like a cheerleader mm-hmm. without actually being a cheerleader. But yeah. like, you, ha- I feel like you have to give. You have to say the things that other people won't say because people need to hear it, whether it's the shitty website, the bad landing page, the terrible product photos. I could go on and on, um, you know. So anyway, I feel like, yeah, I think people just need to hear it. So, I, But I have offended people. I've made – there's one client in particular who I made her cry. And I will never forget mm-hmm. that because I felt terrible, terrible. And so now I always preface to people, like, look, I'm very honest and up, up front. Like, is that okay? Like – do you, like, do you want me to be super honest? And ev- everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm working with you. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't pay you so you could, like, sugarcoat stuff. But yeah. um, but it made me aware that I have to, like, let people know my personality is, like, straightforward. And if it's going to offend you, then I, we're not the right fit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the same way. And I like to think of it as if you ever played sports when you were younger, like, when you have a coach – that coach tells you to do another lap when you're exhausted, when you don't want to do another lap, when you don't think you can and you like cuss them underneath your breath, right? You're like, oh my God, like after this coach. But then after you do another lap, you're like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that. I thought I was burnt out. I thought I didn't have any more in me, but I just ran another lap and you feel amazing. So I think of coaching a lot like that. Like when you played sports, a coach would push you not because you're, you know, doing something you're not smart or you're not good enough, but they push you because they see your potential. They know you can do more. They know that you can do another sprint, another lap, another free throw, whatever it is. Um, So that's truly how I see it too. That, um, and I like how you said, 
you're not paying us to like sugarcoat stuff, right? If you want transformation, it's going to require things to actually change. And sometimes it is uncomfortable, but really knowing that it's from the perspective of we want you to do your best and be your best and grow in ways that you've never imagined or never thought possible, then it's like, okay, you know, I get the heat and I get the feedback and I'll take it and I'll make adjustments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm the same way as you. I'm a very straight shooter. Like if you look at my Instagram posts, they're like super blunt, but I'm also love it being super specific in terms of the people that I want to attract, right? Like I, I want to attract the people who are who know that it's going to require work, who know that it takes time, who know that, you know, it might be something uncomfortable uh, that, that that they have to do that they haven't mastered just yet. And if before my Instagram was a little more like sugar Cody and I was attracting people who who didn't want to do the work, right, who would like sign up for a program and then wouldn't watch any of the modules or ask any questions and then complain about not getting anything done. And I'm like, all right, I got to be a little more spicy on Instagram because I want to attract my people, like the people who know, like, yes, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make an impact. I'm here to build a legacy. I'm here and I know it's going to take some work, but I'm here to make it happen. So I'm in the same boat as you in that. Like, yeah, let's spice it up. And I feel like I saw one of your posts where you were talking about um, something about like your programs, like you don't follow up with people or something because Mm -hmm. you found that people who sign up are like the self-starters and all that. And that really resonated with me because I often – I sometimes will follow up with people if they're like, oh, you know, um, you you put an application for something but you didn't – follow through like are you still interested um but I totally agree with you and I it reminded me of like when I first launched my first course it was it was a how to start a subscription box course and the I sent an email out and it was like something exciting is coming tomorrow or I don't know something and the person who responded to the the email her name was Megan and she was like oh my god are you launching a course like I can't I'm I'll be the first one to sign up and I love and I still remember that email. And this again, this was like three years ago now. Um, and she the, the I launched it. She was the first person who signed up. She paid in full immediately. She showed up to every single every single live call. She would f- like furiously take notes. She like would ask questions like she she put in all 100 percent. You know, she put in the work. She launched, and you'll appreciate this, she launched a subscription box business and it did okay. But at the same time, she launched an Etsy store and she was making candles. So candles are like, um, I'm not sure how many candle brands are on Etsy, but I'm going to assume there are like a bazillion of them. She went from z- making no money to like, I think it was either $15,000 or $20,000 months within like six months. Yeah. She's, and this was couple years ago now she's killing it she continues to just scale and scale in etsy she's like doing etsy ads getting featured all like you know how etsy partners with all those like you know martha stewart or whatever i don't know mm-hmm. if they actually partner with martha stewart but they partner with all these like media companies so she gets featured in those all the time and she's killing it and i'll always never forget her because she was the one like of anyone that's ever been in any of my programs i feel like she was like literally so committed from day one, she put in the work, she showed up and she got results. She didn't sign up for the program and then not show up for the calls, wishy-washy, not put in any work and just expect that she's going to like, again, like we talk about the bro, well, I talk about the bro marketers, like, I'll help you make seven figures, like by doing nothing, passive income, drop shipping, like, you know, 
um, yeah. because she put in the work. And I love that. I love, love, love like self-starters, mm-hmm. people who like you sign up and you you put money down and you um, like you hold yourself accountable. So yeah. I so I really resonated with that post. And I, I appreciate that. You wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to courage, right? And that's what I kind of talked about too is you have to have the courage to sign up for a program because that's the foundation of your business growth. Because then you have to have the courage to invest in professional photos. Then you have to have the courage to invest the time to really master a platform. Then you have to have the courage to hire your first employee. So if someone doesn't have the courage within themselves to sign up for a program, then they're going to struggle with cultivating that courage to actually grow their business. So that's why I said, like, I'm no longer going to follow up with people over and over and over and say, are you ready now? Are you ready now? Like when you can create that courage inside of you, which everyone has inside of them, it just takes you to physically bring it up, right? For you to say, okay, something's going to change. I'm going to invest. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take a stand. I believe in myself and I'm actually going to do something about it to bring this dream to life. That is the foundation that's needed just for, for any business growth, right? So That example of Megan, like, that's perfect. That's like a unicorn client, like signs up right away, does the work and then exactly sees the beautiful, perfect results from it. That it sounds like she's been seeing these results for a few years since she started working with you, which is awesome. Yeah, I know. It really was like a unicorn. And I I, I have to say there hasn't been like that many people (laughs) who like literally like before the program even came out was like, I've been waiting for you to create this, you know, like that's what as like a mentor, that's kind of like what you want people to say, oh, I've been waiting for you to create this. So whenever you create it, I'm in like, that's what you kind of want, um, yeah. you know, ideally, but yeah, she was amazing. But I, you know, it's she put in the work, you know, and I think like, and I know for me too, like I've been in um, like masterminds, it costs a lot of money. And then I sign up for like some other cheap thing. And the cheap thing, I oftentimes don't often put in a lot of the work. But if it's like a course or something like um, some kind of a mentorship where you do put down, you know, and I think money is relative to anyone. If it's like $500, like I'm definitely going to put in the work. If it's like $10, maybe not. I don't know. So I think when you put money down, you you put in the work, you know, not everyone. But, you know, I know that. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Well, yeah, I was just going to say there's this um, one saying that the transformation starts with the transaction. So when you actually like commit to it and pay, and if you think, I mean, it totally makes sense. If you think about Planet Fitness, right, you paid $10 a month for the gym. Do you really go? I mean, some people make the most of it, but a lot of people are like, well, if I don't go today, it's fine. You know, it's just $10 a month versus Mm -hmm. if you sign up for a boutique fitness studio that's $250 a month, you're going to go to as many classes as possible because you're like, I want to make the most of this that I'm investing in it. So I'm going to go four or five times a week. And it truly is the transformation starts with the transaction because that's your commitment. And if it is a $10 gym monthly membership, you know, some sometimes, and it depends too, like on the type of people, right? I mean, I know when I I did go to Planet Fitness when I was in high school and I actually was there like every single day because I'm like all right I'm going to make the most of it but but truly um it's it's what builds that commitment but then it's all about actually showing up and applying what you learn too so it's like two pieces of the puzzle but I'm a big fan of 
you know, the investment is supposed to stretch you. It's supposed to scare you um, because then you're going to be a little bit more committed to like make your money back. Right. And to like make the most of it and to to dive in and get the results that you want from what you're learning within it. Yeah. What um, what I know this is like off topic, but I think this is like I love these conversations. Um, <laughs> I love like the tangents. <laughs> Yeah, me too. What um what kind like what's been your best investment in your business? Mm. Um so good question. Um I do have a my own business coach who definitely helps me more on like the coaching side versus my product business. Um but I I've been with my own personal coach. I just resigned for um my third year. I've been with them for a year and a half. So this will be my second to second and a half year um, with him as my coach. So that's been super impactful for me. And I'm also a big believer of like, you don't sign up for a program when you're struggling, right? It doesn't mean that you have to be struggling. If you are struggling, great, like definitely get support. But if you sign up for a program or a coach, it's also like the insurance policy. As you grow, if anything happens that you don't know how to handle it, you have people around you. Or like you were saying earlier, your, your blind spots, like you don't know your blind spots. That's why they're called a blind spot, right? So having a coach to point them out. But I'm a b- big believer of always having someone in my court, always having someone in my network that I can go to with questions that have calls every month that can just continue to support me. So that has been um, something that I've been doing for um, the last two years. In terms of plant-based beauty and investing, um, a big part for me was truly investing in a ton of backstock. So I think at one point when I was still in Chicago, I had ordered about 30,000 jars or something crazy for one of my products. And I think that type of an investment is similar because you're investing. It's scary to buy that much, right? But you're also investing from the belief that, oh my gosh, I'm buying this much because I'm going to sell it. And I want to make things easier on me by having stuff prepared, having back stock, being able to easily ship orders. So I'm going to go through this like scary purchase to fulfill my dreams and make it happen, but also to make things easier on me. So I know a lot of business owners, especially on the handmade side, they don't like to have a ton of back stock because they have this fear of not selling it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're your belief that you will sell it has to be bigger than your fear that you won't sell it. Because if you're fixating on the fear that you won't sell it, well, you're never going to have backstock. And if you don't have a ton of backstock, how do you expect like a ton of orders to come in? You have to be ready for the orders. And I'm a big believer too, that the universe responds when you're ready. So if people are saying, I want more orders or just not coming. Where are the orders? It's like, okay, are you ready? for the big order? Would you be ready for a thousand dollar order? And if the answer is no, then why do you think you're not getting them? Right. It's because you're not prepared. You're not ready. So, so for plant-based beauty, um, the big investments for me were just inventory and employees and streamlining all of that on the coaching side. The big investments for me has just been like having a coach there that I can always go to and a community and a network by my side. Nice. I love that. Yeah, it's always um, I feel like lately I've had a lot of conversations with people around like investing in their business and like, you know, whatever that means for you. And um, it's just it's I love like knowing what other people are investing in and like what the needle movers are, because in my first business, I didn't invest in anything, nothing. I was so afraid to spend a penny on anything. And I just went through hell for three years with my with my product business. And then with my when I launched my current business, um, 
literally, really before I even like launched it, I signed up for like a mastermind that was like two grand a month. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like I really I can't afford it. I'm using air quotes for anyone listening. Like I can't afford because that's like what the first thing that we tell ourselves. And I'm not trying to shame anyone about money or investing because sometimes it is not the right time and you can't afford it. But like I think we oftentimes when we have something that we want to join and we see the price tag, we're like, oh, I can't. I can't afford it. I can't do it. And I think like a lot of it is just like we try to keep ourselves like super safe because it's very scary to invest, especially if you haven't done it before. And again, coming from someone who like I didn't invest in anything in my first business and it is my I have like three huge mistakes that I made and that was 100% one of them. 100% because I know that I probably could have had like a million dollar business if I had, because I grew it to multi six figures organically, no ads, no investing, no nothing. I did everything like by myself from the day I started it to the day that I sold it. And it was like such a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but like investing is so interesting to me now because now I have, I think I counted yesterday, like almost 90, 90 or $95,000 in programs in the last three years. Yeah. Which makes me want to like throw up. That's a lot. Of, that's like a, that's like a, a, well, it's not really a house because I live in Seattle. It's so expensive. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of money. Um, but like, have, have they all been helpful? Absolutely not. Okay. There are a lot of shitty things that I've invested in, but like, there's always some parts of it that help. And I, I also think too, like, kind of like what you said, the trend. The what was the transaction thing? The transformation starts with the transaction. I love that. I need to write that down. It is so true because the, when I signed up for that two thousand dollar a month program, I was like, I'm literally like, I had just sold my business. I'm doing freelance work. I'm like building people's websites. I'm doing like I was literally like on Upwork, just doing taking random jobs, and I was making like maybe a thousand dollars a month. Like I was making like no money, but I was like. I found this program. The girl seems like I feel like she can help me. I really like her energy and her vibe. There's an in-person retreat. I want to have a community. Um, yeah, like, let's do it. And I wish like sometimes I'm like, I wish people signed up for my programs with such little thought because I literally put like <laughs> I literally put no thought into it. It was like I had found her. I bought like her hundred dollar um it was a course on mini trainings how to do mini trainings on instagram it was like something small and i was like oh i'll just buy that and i i just liked her i you know Mm -hmm. and that's what it was i liked her i was like i feel like she can help me she's grown her coaching business and she's done courses and i want to be around other people like that so yeah like let's do it and i had no idea how i was gonna pay for it i had no idea and um we had actually tried to put a down payment on a house in Seattle and I was sitting at this like really cool coffee shop in Seattle and I was like, okay, um, today we're going to get the call if we get the house or not. If we don't get it, I'm going to sign up for her mastermind <laughs> and we didn't get the house. And so I literally like messaged her on Instagram. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fill out an application. And I had a call with her and she was like, yeah, it's however much it was. I think it was like two grand a month for six months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think it was, I think it was like 2,500 because I feel, feel like it was more money. And I was like, oh God. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm going to pay. She's like, what would, what would you like to put down as a deposit? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, fine. I'll just do $2,000. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And as you talk into the story, oh my gosh, entirely, that brought up something for me because it's been a while that I forgot too. But when I um, left my full-time job, it was end of 2019, December 31st, 2019. So started working for myself 2020. And I left my full-time job, not because plant-based beauty like took off and it, and it totally compensated for my corporate income that I was making. I left my full-time job because I literally couldn't do both at the same time anymore. It was just plant-based beauty needs more time. And I am physically working 40, 50, 60 hours at this corporate job. I have a team and I just don't have the mental energy by the time I get home to work on my business. So left my full-time job January 1st, literally one day later, I started a mastermind. I had joined a program too. I think it was maybe like 4,000 across in total across six months. So not, not as much as yours, but I knew like, man, I'm leaving my full-time job. I need someone or a community or just people that I can go to when I have questions, because I don't want to be like working from home by myself, everything, getting down to the nitty gritty. Like what if I'm doing something wrong? What mistakes am I going to make? What if I have a question? So that when you ask about investing, that's something that I I remembered as you were talking to, it's like, yeah, that was the first thing that I did when I was going to be on my own and do my own thing with plant-based beauty. I'm like, I need the support, but I truly think like looking back and I know you said some of the programs you've invested in weren't, haven't been so great, but I do think there's got to be like a couple things that you learn from every single one at least. And even if it's a bad program, then you're like, okay, now I know what type of coach I vibe with. So not to go with someone like that. There's so much you can learn. But I think a big part of it is just really look at the vibe of the person that you're working with and the results that they get for people. And if you connect with their vibe and you connect with the results that other people are getting in their program, then that's it, right? Like there should be no questions asked because it's going to only support you to help you grow and to provide you with uh, the community around you to keep you growing and being nourished by others in the same exact spot. So I just randomly kind of thought of that as you were talking too and wanted to share that as well. No, I love that. I, um, I definitely like, yeah, I think it's so true. And I a hundred percent, um, the programs that I have joined, even the ones that weren't like the bestest, um, completely can pull something from it, learn something from it. And um, I also think what you said about like finding someone that you like just vibe with, that's, that's almost, I feel for me, like that's almost as important as like the area of expertise that they have or like the specific thing they can teach you because um, I'm definitely very picky with like people that I would want to like spend time with or invest with. And if I have, I'm very super intuitive. So if I chat with someone or like anything if I'm like I'm getting a like a bad vibe of some kind it's like a no for me a hundred percent and anytime I have ignored the red flags like it has you know it just wasn't the right person you know um so I think like yeah personality and like there's so many things I love like the investing conversation because I think um I just think you have to you have to have someone like community, a mentor, like a program, even like, you know, I have a membership program. It's like super low ticket. A lot of people join that just because they want a place to just like be able to ask questions. And I, and I love that. Like I would have paid so much money when I had my I mean, I probably wouldn't have because I was so cheap. But in hindsight, like my dog is making so much noise. Um, If I had if I had known about a community like that where I could like 
just post questions every day like, oh, my God, I'm manufacturing bandanas in China. Like, how do I find a supplier? Like, how do I order? Like, there's just so many things that come up and you and then those are the things that you get stuck on because you don't know what to do. And you're like, do I do this or do I do that? And what about this thing and that thing and that thing? And then like one little thing spirals and you're you've wasted three months and you're not taking any action on things, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like this episode has turned from <laughs> so many, so many, but I so like many tangents. I, I feel like it's there's been a lot of good little nuggets that we've been sharing. So hopefully the person listening thinks that too. But totally. I feel, I mean, if if people can really pick up what we're talking about and the importance of it, I mean, this is stuff that we're reflecting that we wish we would have done sooner and, and that we would have um, really focused on to help grow our businesses and. How I look at it too is there's either time or money, you know, you can spend all of your time trying to figure it out on your own and you can go through the challenges and you can go through the trial and error and you can hit your head against the wall and spend months or years trying to figure it out. Or you can spend the money to learn from someone who's already done it. And now you get your time back. Now you get results faster. Now you're making back your investment a lot sooner than doing it on your own. So it truly comes down to you know, what, what do people value? And I agree with you entirely about it. It can be something that literally is not financially possible in certain situations. I totally understand and get that too. But at the end of the day, it's also understanding, you know, how quickly do I want this to take off? Do I want this to really become something that I know it can? And do I want to get the support to get it done the right way instead of doing it on my own and hitting my head against the wall? Um, But that's something I know for you know, I will always be supported by mentors and coaches. It's like the best feeling. You personally grow, you meet new people, and it's something in every single like aspect of my life. I'm looking for a coach. Like I want to get into watercoloring and I'm like, oh, I want to just, you know, just as a hobby. And I'm like, oh, I want to find like a watercolor program that will show me how to watercolor because I try to do it on my own and my paintings come out like like a two-year-old did them. So I'm like, okay, I got to find a course. So at any any obstacle or anything that comes up, I'm like, I'm going to learn from the experts and just have it be more fun by getting the right answers right off the bat instead of trying to become a watercolor artist in the next like five years of trial and error if I go down that route. I love it. And you know, there's like a course for that. I feel like yeah. there's literally a course, even if it's not a coach, like there's courses for everything, every friggin' weird thing in the whole world. There's like some <laughs> random course for it. And, you know, it's always the weird ones that they're the ones that do so well. Like, oh, like this sticker coach or not, not coach. Sorry. Now I'm thinking of a different thing. But there's like a sticker subscription box that's like, you know, multi, multi, multi millions every single year. And it's like, who the hell would buy a sticker subscription box? But people do. It's like always that yeah. the the random little products or offers that like you would think oh who would buy that but yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah that's cool watercoloring um i really like watercolor i'm trying to think if i have any in my office i don't right now i like watercolor you you like to oh no yourself i i like like watercolor art Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would never sell my stuff, but I tried to watercolor just as like a self-care routine. I'm like, oh, this is nice. It'll force me to be away from my phone, away from my computer. Let me just, you know, watercolor. And I was like, this is so atrocious what I just put together. (laughs) Like, it's so bad. But, you know, if you get the hang of it, I'm like, that could be such an awesome hobby, like a really fun creative outlet. Because that's another thing I'm a big fan of is 
having creative outlets outside of your business? Because I know a lot of people, especially in the like handmade product business side, their creative outlet is making their products. But I'm a big fan of, you know what, like, don't rely on your business for your creative outlet and actually have like other hobbies that you can turn to because business at the end of the day is a business, you know, like there's some some things we have to do that maybe we don't like to do. There's skills we have to learn that maybe we're not great at or we don't want to really learn, but business is business. So we have to work on those things. So how do we make sure that we have hobbies outside of business and we're not relying on our business to be our hobby, you know, because that's just a dangerous path to go down. Um, And I know a lot of people kind of had that mentality too. So tangent on my end, but thought that that might be a little bit relevant to our conversation. That's okay. I love it. I feel like I like, I'm here for tangents because, um, you know, in the end it's like podcasts can be like super, like we're only going to talk about this one little thing and we have to follow the questions. And I don't know. I just don't like that. I don't like, um, I definitely hate like scripted. I basically only listen to like one podcast now because I got tired of listening to some of the bigger ones that just feel like super scripted. Mm-hmm. It's like they're literally reading off of a paper and or not paper, but like a screen. Um, and I feel like they're just frustrating. And I just like like authentic conversations. And sometimes they mm-hmm. go off a little bit. Um, I know we've been recording for a long time and I want to be respectful of your time. <laughs> if you want to share any because I know we were supposed to talk about Etsy and we, we did a little bit. But is there anything else about Etsy that you feel like people want to know or um, any, yeah, anything else <laughs> that you want to share yeah. about Etsy? I'll just give a little bit of more context. But I think Etsy, like we were talking earlier, definitely is something, a great tool just to continue to get in front of more people. Even if you're starting out with your business or if you're pretty established with your business, it's such an awesome way to get in front of people. Um, I do teach Etsy in kind of a unique way because what I see happens a lot, which what you were saying earlier too, is people put their products on Etsy and then they hear crickets. And it's like, okay, it's not just the fact of putting it on there. It's like any platform. You got to figure out the algorithm. It's like Instagram. You got to figure out a way to do it. It's like YouTube. You got to figure a way how to get in front of more people. So Etsy also has an um, algorithm that you have to learn how to really leverage to get your product seen. So I focus definitely on a customer-centric way to beat the Etsy algorithm, really looking at what does your customer need to be confident to purchase from you? Because a lot of times on Etsy, as a small business owner, we do have a little bit of a bias sometimes against us, right? Because I think some people have bought from other small businesses before that what they got didn't look like what was on the photo, what they expected. So naturally on Etsy, you just have to make sure that you are confirming like what the customer needs to know across every single touch point, across your reviews. They should have awesome content about your shipping, about your packaging, about your product, your descriptions should have all the details needed. Your photos should also be used for educational purposes. So I kind of teach Etsy in that way, but um, I definitely won't go down the rabbit hole because we'll be here for another hour chatting about it. But I do have um, an Etsy training, which I dive into this a lot deeper. So I can um, share the link and if you want to put in the show notes too. But it's simply um, monicalittlecoaching.com slash Etsy webinar. And I go through this 
these three untold secrets is what I call it to get your product seen on Etsy, specifically from like the customer's point of view. So if someone is interested on that, um, I would recommend for them to go and watch the training and they'll have a ton of information on there. And then I'm more than happy to chat on Instagram or anywhere else if anyone has any questions, but, but I'll leave it at that. I mean, I love Etsy. I'm a big fan of it. And if you're interested in learning more, there are a ton of great resources and I'm here to help you make your mark on Etsy too. Yay. I just have one last question. Do you do you like Etsy? Like, what are your thoughts on Etsy ads? Mm, okay. Um, I like Etsy ads if you've optimized your Etsy listings. So I think what some people do is they put their listings up on Etsy and they don't get any traction or any sales. So they try ads. And I'm like, well, that's like backwards, right? You want to first make sure that your listings are performing well, getting some traction, getting some orders, and then you can scale by paying for Etsy ads. So I am not a big fan of doing them right from the start, um, which I think is probably um, like what people are excited to hear because I, I don't teach Etsy in the way of like, hey, just spend $100 every single day to get your orders, right? We're actually going to figure out how to optimize the listing. And then once it's bringing in a good amount of sales, you can kind of scale it and use the ads to get in front of more people. So I like to do the foundation work first and then scale with ads. But if your products are bringing in a ton of sales on Etsy, then yeah, I mean, ads a perfect way like you mentioned the person with candles megan like yeah ads if you're getting all this exposure and you know your listings have the right information that people are actually buying then that's the time to scale and that's when you can really put all the funds towards ads and just make it grow even further nice i love that i feel like um etsy ads versus like some of the other platforms i feel like they they definitely make it easy like yeah for sure. here's your budget click the products that you want to advertise like we'll handle the rest for you don't worry about any of the targeting or audiences like you know facebook and all that does so i think etsy makes it um they're very smart like i i like i look at etsy and i'm kind of like they're truly are like geniuses that run that company and you might like people listening might not agree with me but they make it incredibly smart i'm sorry they make it incredibly easy for you to advertise unlike Facebook, who makes it super complicated to advertise mm -hmm. and very hard to understand the um, analytics. You're like, okay, I don't know what columns to look at. Which ones do I drag here? Like, am I actually getting return on investment? But Etsy makes it easy to get started and they make it like their analytics. Are, I, like, I feel like their analytics are pretty awesome. I mean, they're right there. They're written out for you. Like, yeah, I think they're good. So yeah. I'm a big fan. I like Etsy ads. But I'm just I'm always curious, like from an Etsy expert, like, what do you think about Etsy ads? Because mm -hmm. um, I just kind of play with it for fun. But um, but yeah, I, I think Etsy ads are good. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, this was super fun. Um, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing like just so many different interesting things. I feel like we need to like have some more conversations about I feel like I have some other questions for you but um not like about Etsy more of like investing and all that um yeah. human design um but tell everyone like where they can find you where they can find your um the plant-based beauty and then um tell everyone because I know that you do coaching too like what kind of services do you have and just feel free to share um any services or courses or wh whatever you have 
Awesome. Okay, cool. So plant-based beauty, my Instagram is shop plant-based beauty and my website is just shopplantbasedbeauty.com. So super simple to find me there. My coaching Instagram is Monica Little Coaching. That's definitely where I spend more of my time. I mentioned the Etsy webinar, which is monicalittlecoaching.com slash Etsy webinar. And then I also have a podcast called the Product Biz Podcast, which Carrie is going to be a guest in a couple of weeks. So she will be on my podcast um, if you want to hop on over and hear her being interviewed there as well. But yeah, I mostly help people. I have a couple programs. I have an Etsy program called Etsy Algorithm Secrets. And then I also have a program called Product Biz Academy, which is a six-month group coaching program, which is more like A to Z, how to grow and scale your business. But I definitely recommend people, um, if they're not on Etsy, to start on the free Etsy training that I mentioned, just to get a vibe of how I teach, how I share, um, what your potential is on Etsy. So if there are any questions on either of those, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Um, And Carrie, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. So I really appreciate you having me here. Yeah, thank you so much. This was super fun. Yay. Awesome. Such an incredible episode with Monica and be sure to tune in to next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.